we're profoundly, profoundly interconnected. We don't always live that way, we don't always acknowledge it, but if we're going to heal, we have to live it, experience it, and create institutions that celebrate it. Can we create a we where no one's on the outside of it? Welcome to the Uplift with Zedek, real talk for real change. Before we jump in, a quick reminder of why we're here and what we hope to achieve. We're here to build authentic community relationships and help fuel social transformation in Asheville, North Carolina. We believe collective liberation is not only possible, but probable as we share, listen, and learn together. We're here for the process. However, the views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. Welcome, everyone. I'm Jennifer Langton. I'm the Director of Organizational Grant Making and Funder Advocacy at the SEDEC Social Justice Fund. I'm joined here by three amazing people today. My newest colleague, Tara Coffey, who's Director of Community-Led Grant Making, Delia Noemi Jovel Dumont of Tierra Fertil Co-op, and also Stephanie Swepson Twitty of Eagle Market Street's Development Corporation, CoThink, and some other organizations I'm not mentioning, I'm sure. <laughs> Welcome, all of you. Hello, hello. I just wanted to share a brief bio right now, just to give a little bit of a background. Delia was born and raised in El Salvador and has always been passionate about the social justice movement. In 2014, she moved to North Carolina and started working with local nonprofits supporting Hispanic immigrants in the Henderson and Buncombe area. In 2020, she started Oboncia, a culturally appropriate food distribution, and Tierra Fertil Coop, a Hispanic-owned farm cooperative that has a variety of commutative initiatives. She loves to share time with her daughter, look for reasons to laugh, being around nature, listening to music, and planning road trips with her family. Welcome, Delia. And I will share a bit about Stephanie. Stephanie is the president and CEO of Eagle Market Street's Development Corporation, CDC. She is a 27-year veteran in the not-for-profit industry with skills spanning banking, finance, and accounting, fundraising, grant-making, nonprofit management, and board governance, and importantly, community-centered funding strategies. Her work with Eagle has resulted in the creation of the first-of-its-kind Community Equity Fund, an incredible community capital funding program leading the way in how historically and underutilized businesses are funded. She's on the Hatch ABL, Catawba Vale Collaborative, and the Block Collaborative Steering Committees, and is a CoThink Core member. All around baddies, wonderful human beings. Welcome to the show, ladies. It's thrilling to have you here. Yes, Thank you. Very exciting. <laughs> Stephanie and Delia, what are the hats that you wear in community? Tell us more about your work. Okay, that's a big question. I will say that, yes, as a community member, sometimes I have to wear different hats, but I like some one more than others. I will say that I am a parent, a community member, organizer, a facilitator, a cooperative member. I have different hats, but I, I will say that the, the one that I love better is just a community member. I don't want to compare to anybody, but I think it's somebody who just is there also observing and living, you know, all the challenges about being immigrant, about being woman, about being many different, having different roles as well. I would echo that by saying that my greatest role in community is being 
a wife and a mother and a grandmother and a citizen to wear many hats, board chairs and sitting on committees and champion different advocacy roles in the community. But being able to uh, sit with my grandsons and, and help them understand their role in community is probably the role that, that I am most proud of. I, I love this centering of ourselves first and in, in the ways that we directly every day impact our loved ones' lives, we go about life. That's something that I think really speaks to what our topic is. We're looking at building community partnership. We're looking at sustaining community partnerships. Your work looks really differently, right, and how you, you impact community, but they're both really deeply seated in community partnerships. I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about how sustaining and building community partnerships affects your work, what that looks like in your work. I would say that partnerships are certainly at the root and at the heart of the work that Eagle has done and and continues to do, and that nothing that we have done could be done had it not been for strong partnerships. Mm. And oftentimes they took on different reflections. But one of the strongest partnerships that, that we've had has been our partnership with Zedek and with CoThink. And those partnerships were two of the stronger ones because they came at the value of trust. In those relationships, we found the ability for the partners right from the onset to build trust around a set of values that they had in common was the key to building a strong partnership. Yes, I will add that, you know, for us, like a grassroots group and just community members organized, we have identified different levels of partnership. I think we have a big partnership with our community because it has to be the first one that we try to create some common values. I will say also organizations who have trust in us because that has been for us one of the big challenges, but at the same time, the big gains, I don't know if it's the right word, just identify organization who has been able to see what we do, accept the way we do, and honor, do you know, who we are. Because that is something that for immigrant community, being seen and also be respected as we are, that's for us really important. And I will say that partnership is what has made us become what we are now. And, and we expect that partnership going to continue, make us become stronger and become also impactful. Hearing you two talk about first your relationship is with your community. This idea that you have this deep relationship, it's a two-way street with your community. You know, this idea of different levels of partnership, Delia, that you're talking about. I think is perfect as we talk about what does it look like to build that relationship, that partnership with funders. So being in the role of a group who traditionally has less power, is completely reliant on these external funds, that then you kind of experience the relationship at a deficit almost. But instead having something that's rooted in relationship, I would love if you could talk about what does that look like to have a trust-based relationship with your funders from a grantee perspective? What does that look like for you? So for me, it was absolutely the confidence builder that we needed to create the kind of programming that our participants and, and the community was, was hungry for, particularly in our community equity fund. The community equity fund at the 10,000 foot level 
is a program that offers BIPOC and other entities the opportunity to have capital that is very innovative and very flexible in a way that no other capital is. It gives the participant 24 months of bridge before they have to return anything to the fund. And then when they do, they return it to the fund by way of revenue share instead of principal and interest. There is nothing on the market that offers that kind of flexibility in deploying capital right now. We would not be able to do that if it were not for trust-based funders like Zedek and CoThink and others who really trust us to be able to deploy capital in that way and to have businesses that trust us to be able to give them an agreement that isn't onerous in how it is presented to them so that they can be comfortable to go and create jobs and raise their uh, profits and then have those profits not be extractive on the back end. So it is utterly important that 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 kind of trust between a funder and a grantee be in place to to really be able to be impactful in community. Right. Also to that, Stephanie, I want to highlight what you said there around providing that trust in you is something that you were then able to flip around and, and provide for those folks that you are a partner with in providing this kind of capital as we're saying this, these dollars from a fund that looks at them in partnership so that when they are restoring the fund, right, it's not paying back with interest of a loan that you get from a traditional funder, a traditional bank, how that normally looks for a small business. You're paying into a fund that funded you. So there's that reciprocity, that partnership there that's so incredible. And it's based on trust that you experienced from your funders that you're then able to show as well because they trust Eagle. (laughs) You're able to spread that trust around, which is this really incredible way of building relationship that hopefully continues to cause waves and ripples throughout the community as they take that sort of trust with their own business and how they do business with community. So incredible, incredible work, Stephanie. Thank you for summing it up that way. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for summing it that way, Tara, because yes, it's it's us trusting them, them trusting us, and then them further trusting the community because that trust allows them to create jobs and hire within their businesses employees who they can then trust and build a greater impact. 100% because you focus on historically underutilized businesses of folks at LGBTQ intersections, BIPOC intersections, women who traditionally have never been given trust. And so (laughs) you are restoring that into the community. Incredible work. And the same way, very different look, (laughs) right? But Delia, your work is so deeply cooperative. Tell us about it. I always said that building trust is the most complicated work. But it's something that you can lose really easy. Mm. And I think one of the reasons is because sometimes we make some assumption about what it means to be partner. (laughs) And we don't talk about what it means for you, what it means for me. And because we don't have that conversation, we assume that has to happen in some different way. (laughs) And it's where that trust can be loose. Because you haven't necessarily put on the table those conditions of partnership. Yes. And, and sadly, something that you learn by making mistakes. Mm. I am somebody who had been making a lot of mistakes and maybe I'm going to continue making mistakes about saying yes to almost many options. And sometimes that is a big risk because you lose autonomy by saying yes sometimes. You lose your identity by saying yes. And that's why it's important before any decision, put those papers on the same place. Say, what it means for you, this partnership? What do you expect 
what I can do as well, because sometimes we don't have the capacity to fill that gap or fill that request. That's why I think about trust is something that we need to create conversation, making discussion about what it means to partner with other. I was thinking this morning about my daughter. When we have a conversation with a nine years old girl, I'm 49, almost. And do you know, it's like I, I cannot put on the same the negotiations are not, <laughs> I cannot request to her for my demand because she has other resources, other capacity, other condition. That's why sometimes between funders and organization or grassroots group, there are these, these balance about expectation needs because we are not on the same platform. And that is something important to say. And I'm sorry, I don't have 49. I'm 40. Seven. There you go. Tell us true. <laughs> Tell us true. <laughs> I love that Delia went there. Uh, and if we could stick there just mm-hmm. a minute. Again, I have to hasten to Zedek and to Jennifer in particular, someone who asked the right questions. So in conversation, oftentimes, which is what happens in a uh application with Zedek isn't the traditional type of application where you're just checking the box. In that conversation, the question might come to you, well, what is the capacity that it might take? And let me hasten to say too here that the way the question is posed to you Mm. is equally important. So it's not, do you have the capacity to do that, Stephanie? Mm -hmm. It's what is the capacity that's needed? That's a whole different Different. ball of wax than some Someone pointing out the fact that you don't have, 100%. you know. So uh, I would uh, mm. say to you, Delia, that that was so important, the way you couched that about being in partnership and your partner recognizing their point of privilege and the point that you might be at and how to help you get to the next level without injuring you at the point that you already are. So, yeah, yeah. I mm. love how you couched that. <laughs> Ooh, that, y'all, look, yeah. I knew, I said I told y'all. I told y'all baddies. I told you. That's right. The the big thing that I'm thinking about, too, is we're talking about this is a piece you said, Delia, around, you know, we have to be really clear and not to make assumptions. You know, those assumptions are something that are all based in that power dynamic. And we assume a lot when we frame things in a way that's very deficit heavy. Obviously, if you're asking for money, you need things. What do you need? What can't you do? What don't you have under control? Right. And that's very other than insulting. It's a very big miss from people who do hold power in that particular way. I think community holds tons and tons of power. But in that particular way, when you have all of these resources, you're missing a lot that you really would know if you paused and you thought of it from a perspective of we want to be in partnership because we see what you're doing and we just want to. We want to amplify get there. your work. Yeah, we just want to. Yeah, can, can we come to the table? Yeah. Right. Jennifer, take us away. What's the next question? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've started talking about this, really kind of sussing out the funder's role in fostering trust and reciprocity in its partnerships with grantees. And also what's the grantee's role in that too? 
as I sat with that, I thought about each partner having shared or common set of values. And once they had those agreed upon values, that they would have trust in those values. And as they went along a journey or a path with those out in front of them, that they would hold each one accountable. A lot of things can have happened along that way. Let's, in our accountability, allow for what has happened and trust that we're not going to be injured in some way by what has happened, that we haven't made a mistake, that nothing in our trust has been broken because the cash flow wasn't right. To me, that is the two-way street, if you will, around where accountability and that, that reciprocity rest. And the grantee can hold portion of that by being honest and transparent. Look, we really thought that we were going to be able to hold five classes, and we honestly thought that they were going to show up, and they did not. And we honestly don't know why. Sure. Funders making space to just listen and to know that everyone makes mistakes and we learn from those mistakes, all of us. Mm. That's such an important part of growth and learning, right? Yes, of course. I was thinking about the role that funders and grantees has has to play. And I think one of the main role of us as grantees is be coherent. Focus on what we are good to, what is our capacity, what really want to build and By being coherent, we are honest. We are honest with ourselves, but honest with everybody who is around us. And I love that word because I think it doesn't mean be perfect. It doesn't mean don't make mistakes. It's make a lot of mistakes. Because you make mistakes, you realize that you are trying to become coherent. And I think that's going to be the main role as grantees. Now, talking about funders, it's be there. Be there. Just look what we do. Help us if we need help. Ask us also. If you have any doubt about something, the intention is create a conversation, create a relationship that is a cross relationship, but also focus on in dialogue, you know, creating dialogue because this is the only way to solve any situation and issue. Another thing that is important is be present. By reading a report, by looking to a budget, all these different ways that we report what we do is not the only. You have to be present. Mm. Be with us and, and you're going to understand maybe more than reading a, a report or looking at financial. Right. I think of it this way, especially when it comes to being in a place where we have those dollars, right? I want these solutions. If I want that to happen and I really want it to happen, I'm tired of seeing it in my community. How can I get out the way and be a, a conduit? I think that's the perspective funders have to take as well, where it's not a gatekeeping of you have to prove you're good enough to get our dollars. <laughs> Rather, oh my gosh, I can't believe I met somebody who is actually solving these problems that are plaguing our community. How can we make that happen <laughs> where you have the resources you need to stop these issues from plaguing our communities? And that's a really different way of thinking about your place in this ecosystem of resource distribution. From the funder perspective, what can you do to change your, your thinking around being a conduit for resources instead of being a blockade. But what does it really look like to have this two-way street so that you can pursue these really creative and different ways of being in relationship with each organization, with the community, 
and achieving new models for the ways that we can be in community with each other. I think it really helps you to build even more robust partnerships and and trust because were it not for an amazing trust partnership with Power and Numbers, you know, who's our accounting firm, we might not be able to do this type of programming. They have stood in partnership with us because I trust 100% that they will manage the administrative accounting side of what we do. Having built this over over time and over years has just allowed us to build more trust relationships, Tara. Yeah. I want to bring something that is important. It's how we can create more organization aware about the kind of work you do and also how we create capacity as well in new leaderships. I always wonder how we can create those capacities in our communities as well, how we can create this kind of organization that can really be supportive because I think we continue doing the thing in the traditional way. Big organization, nonprofit, and that's it. I will advocate and I hope you can support me as well how we can build this kind of organization as well. I feel honored to be here today because we have been thinking about option to meet you. We have been together in some other spaces, but just looking what you have done for me, a great inspiration, Stephanie, and, and it's amazing that you have that ability to create those opportunities for people of color in Western North Carolina. Well, so thank happy. you, Julia. Thank you so much. I'd love to talk offline and see what we can do. Yes. Ooh, networking in real time. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> You know, I'd like to ask what you two are excited about in this moment about the work that you do before we let go and end this conversation. Just really what's what's keeping you excited? So I think for me, I see an amazing opportunity in this moment for a shift in what I call community capital ecosystem. You know, I think that capitalism at its core is probably not the dirty word that (laughs) we've made it to be. Initially, certainly bartering for goods and services is, is not inherently wrong. I think that over time, man's inherent nature to do what's wrong is what got us here and um, greed. But I think our ability as humans also to be compassionate to, to each other and to understand that even though Uh, The poor may always be with us. They don't have to be the 99 and then the 1%, you know, has advantage. So that this this community capital ecosystem is swelling. I had conversation earlier in the day uh, and I likened it to the earth because I feel the more that we get closer to the earth, (laughs) and I'm getting there, uh, (laughs) the the more that we start to really be able to touch it and feel it and, and be at one with it. I talked about the ocean and the plates in the ocean and how they move ever so slightly, but how they can cause an actual tsunami that can happen in, in Japan and how that tsunami can absolutely be destructive in some way. And so I see that happening with, with our ecosystem of economics and, and with capitalism is that someday, really soon, we're going to look out the window tomorrow or the next day, and it's going to be there. So uh, I would say for us to stay in a posture of ready, uh, every time that we have an opportunity to think about what we can do to affect it or, or have some impact around the community capital 
ecosystem that we should do that Mm -hmm. so that we have systems and processes in place that will be beneficial to it, that that's what we should do. And that's what gets me up every morning. Beautiful. You know, in my case, I think what keep me dreaming, envisioning about my community is that I am so proud of of my community. You know, it's a community who has been so resilient, has been there doing many things that nobody look out. I see a community who has a lot of capacity, a lot of strength, a lot of power, but it's under the table. Do you know? It's something that it's like a like a volcano, I would say. It's growing, growing. And I see so much potential in people who have taken the decision, the big risk to move to another country, sometimes with nothing, but creating something new, creating a life, creating a family. That for me is something that makes me believe that what I am doing has to be powerful and going to be powerful. And that's why I think about, you know, Tierra Fertil is just a tiny grain of sand. But I hope that tiny grain of sand can create this awareness about Hispanic community in in Western North Carolina, who is growing, who is becoming more diverse as well, coming from different countries, different capacities, different backgrounds. And I think it's, it's, it's the right time to just understand that we can do more, that we are able to do more, but we're going to need help. And, and, and that's the thing that made me inspired. You know, I see Terra Fertil in five years. You know, maybe I'm going to share very fast the dream we have is creating like a, a community farmstead where we can build some other cooperatives related to agribusinesses. And we see people there doing a fair uh, way of living, people who support each other, people who not necessarily make money, but build will be. That's the dream I have. And I hope we're going to see that together. <laughs> but that is what keeps me dreaming about continue working with the Hispanic community, because I, I see a lot of potential. I see a generation as well who is growing in both cultures. And that is mainly the reason why I Continue dreaming on this. Mm, thank you. Beautiful. Mm. <laughs> Building well-being. That's really incredible. Oh my gosh. Is this a, is that the title? Of the, no. <laughs> <laughs> Tectonic blades, grains of sand. Yes. Economics Building. in the environment, right? Yes. <laughs> are there any events coming up that your organizations are engaged in that you want the community to know about? So Eagle's involved in First Friday. Uh, Every First Friday in the month on the block, there's this amazing opportunity for the community to come out and visit the merchants on the block to, one, pay patronage to the different businesses there, but also to kind of be in community and uh, network with the businesses there. Also, Juneteenth, which is a little ways off, but uh, there are some really exciting things that will be happening this year with that event. So those are the two things that I know Eagle is participating in. Excellent. I'm going to just share something. We're going to start an amazing uh, partnership with a organization named Transplanting Tradition. It's a community farm in Chapel Hill. They have been working with immigrants population as well uh, from Birma, and they have been always interested to work with the Hispanic community. And we're going to start a relationship with this organization to continue building 
educational opportunity about farming for Hispanic community members in Spanish. That is a great opportunity for us because it is also connect with an organization who has the same values and, and, and vision. And something else that I want to share is more a request. Tierra Fertile is trying to identify some land to hold our project. Honestly, it has been really hard because... As you know, we are lost in farmland and what is possible to have, it's not affordable for, for us. And I want to use this space to identify the right, the right land for our project. We are trying to identify at least 10 acres because our intention is, as I said before, creating some other agribusinesses, but also hold some affordable housing for some of the business members. And, and that's the intention. Maybe somebody in the audience can just make the connection about the, the right piece of land that can hold Tierra Fertil. Thank you. Incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Well, thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation. We've been so lucky to have you both here. No, thank you, thank for, you having for having us. us. Yes. Pleasure. Until next time. Same time. Same place. Not the same people. Not the same people. <laughs> <laughs> Next month. Thank you. I love it.